So we're talking about a uh, ready for revival. If you can stand, would you stand with me? Today is Membership Sunday. If you are interested in becoming a member or a mover or both, or just want some more information about the church, if you'll stay following the message today, we'll meet right up here on the front, um, and it'll take about 30 minutes. We'll give you an orientation and tell you all that you need to know. We welcome you. We want you to be a part of this house. We already claimed you anyway. You might as well make it official. Thank you. And if you have kids, Angie's nice enough to stay and take care of your kids. Thank you for that. And let me give a big uh, thank you to all of those that went yesterday down to Homa, Louisiana. Hee, y'all. And I'm telling you, there's about 16 of us from the church here. And um, these folks served, served, and served. And I am just so proud of them. I'm telling you, everybody gave 110%. And they made a difference, and they represented Christ and this body well. So can you give another round of applause for them? And thanks, thanks to everybody that gave toward that um, and just you know, prayed for us. God could not have blessed it anymore other than a speeding ticket or two on the way home. But that's all right. He, he, he worked with what he had. I mean, he did. And uh, it was a wonderful day, I'll tell you. Okay, so we've been talking about uh, the address for revival, really. We want to be ready for revival. I don't want God to do something and pass over me. I want everything God has for me. I want to experience everything God has for me. I don't want to get up to heaven and see what could have been, should have been. Uh, you know, I want to be right in the middle of everything God has for me. So our address for revival is found in 2 Chronicles 714, and that just happens to be our street address, 2714. Come on, y'all. And this church just so happened to be called nine years ago, Move Church. Come on, somebody. Does anybody feel a little destiny in the house? I do. And I feel like just getting ready for this series, uh, for been praying over this for, for even before I started it. And, and I'm telling you, for the first time, I don't feel that, uh, I, I don't just pray that God will move. I know he's going to move. And I know he's going to move in this house. And I'm, I'm ready for it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. This is the ways we'll get ready for revival. We humble ourselves, we pray, we worship God, we seek his face, not just his hands, God, what can you do for me? We want a relationship face-to-face -face with God, an intimacy with him, so we seek his face in worship. And then last week, we talked about turning from, let's say, our, would you say it with me, our wicked ways. Let's just go ahead and say it all together one more time. Our wicked ways. That God, is there some wickedness in us? He's talking about his people turning. We can't turn others till we do some turning ourselves. And that's all God's love. When he convicts, it's his love shown to you. He's saying, I want you closer to me. You need to deal with these things so I can pull you closer. Isn't that a good God? 
So we've learned those things, so today I want to talk to you about what a move of God looks like. Uh, James 4.8 is our great promise. Says, God says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That our efforts made to come closer to the Lord are met with his presence running our way. And today, for a few minutes, we're going to look at the title of today's message is a magnet for a move of God. A magnet. If God wanted to pass me by, he just couldn't because there's such an attraction. He said, that boy is so desperate, I just got to pour out on him. That church is pursuing me in such a way that, hey, I wasn't going to do nothing in Pearl, Mississippi, but now I've changed my mind. I am going to pour out in such a way it's going to shake the nation. Come on, somebody. For God's glory. There's people that need it. There's people that need it, right? There's, we need it. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for your presence here. Now, Lord, we don't take nothing away from what you've done. So wonderful you move. But, Lord, we're just telling you today we want all you got. <laughs> Lord, we want everything. And uh, make it... A, we want to make ourselves available for everything you want here. Come in this place, Holy Spirit. Would you just whisper that in your own, for your own life? Come, Holy Spirit, in my life. I want you. I want more of you. Less of me, more of you. Move in me, through me. Come on, make it your personal prayer in just a moment. Move in me, through me, Lord God, for your glory. Lord, I'll do it. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. That is life itself. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's pray together. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you wave at somebody around you? Give them fist bump, smile. Even if you didn't brush your teeth this morning, that's all right. We love you. Hey, can you welcome everybody that's watching online today? So thankful that they are joining us. It's sort of an unusual title, a magnet. It's what the Lord gave me. And I get it because my thinking is a little different, so he has to speak to me in my language. But I think it fits, a magnet for a move of God, a magnet a magnet is, is something that attracts. It is um, something that has a pull. Now let me say God is sovereign. He is the supreme ruler of all. He does what he wants to do. He decides when he moves, where he moves, and how he moves. But he teaches us in Scripture there are some things that we can do to be ready for him. And if we do those things, it gets his attention. There's a promise attached. A magnet is a person or a thing having a powerful attraction. And I want to attract his presence wherever I am. I want to be buying bread at Walmart. And should the Lord want to move on me there, come on, somebody. And usually I find that when the Lord moves on me, it's for somebody else, not just me. 
so we become a conduit of God's presence. And some amazing things happen, will happen outside the church, in the marketplace. God wants to use us. God wants to do miracles, not just here, but elsewhere, wherever we are. He wants to be able to use us to display his glory. Amen? So we're going to look at some of these qualities that, that will cause us to be this magnet for God's presence. But first, let's look at what does it look like when God moves? And, um, you know, again, God does, he moves the way he wants to. But uh, this is what the Lord led me to. He led me to an unusual story as I was preparing and praying for this message. Uh, it was a story that you wouldn't think would fit. But the story is when Peter was in prison. And I want uh, uh, to look at that as, in reference today to look at how, what does it look like when God moves? The church uh, at that time was experiencing a move of God. Of course, the church was new and, and people were being added. People were being healed. There were uh, those that were oppressed by the enemy being set free. God was using those apostles in mighty ways. And King Herod didn't like what was going on, so he killed James, the brother of John, and he put Peter in prison. The father of the church was now in prison. So we pick up on the story at Acts chapter 12. If you want to reference that in your Bible or church Bible app, uh, I guess it would be your Bible app, or it's also on your Move Church app. All of these references are also there if you just tap on, the, on the Acts chapter 12. Verse 5 said, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So when God moves, the first thing is this. When God moves, there is, it is usually a result of prayer. History records that prayer precedes revival when you hear about a, a, a revival it, it draws attention to the body of Christ man I remember going to Brownsville so many times I've referenced Brownsville one of the greatest moves of my day and as you're standing in line you meet people from other countries that have heard about revival but what many people don't know is that years before that church prayed for revival years they had prayer meetings asking God to move and if we want God to move we have to spend some time on our knees in prayer praying 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 it seems so unproductive doesn't it but it is the greatest weapon of the Christian I've told the Lord before the Lord if you just manifest the devil in the flesh I will kick his behind I mean, sometimes you just want to get your hands around his neck. Anybody else like that? And, but that don't do nothing to him. The Lord will tell me something like, well, why don't you just pray and praise? That'll do it. Why don't you just go ahead and spend some time with me and allow me to take care of that? That'll, that'll do it. But that just seems so unproductive for us people that like to put their hands on something, right? But your time in prayer, God honors that. And if we want to see God moving as a church or moving in your life individually, which we, are, we want both, right? We spend time in prayer. Prayer humbles us. Prayer 
gives us discernment, gives us the heart of the Father. Prayer builds up our faith. It gives us an expectancy. All of this comes from prayer. And we want a genuine move of God, not a man-made or manipulated move of God, right? And as we pray, we gain God's heart. Our spiritual senses are enlightened, and we understand what God wants to do, when he wants to do it, and we can be a part of it. But it has to be by prayer. Now, Peter was in prison. Let me give you the number two when God moves. There will be opposition. Every revival has opposition, and usually it's from religious folks. Usually from religious people. Now, I'm using that word um, very loosely. I'm separate from Christian folks. Religion is about rules, regulations. Christianity is about relationship. So, there will be opposition. Hear me, Satan does not like losing ground. <laughs> Can I, I, you know, I really probably, I'll, I'll admit, I'm probably too open with y'all. That's just the way I am. I see y'all as family, so I just like to be open, okay? And I understand sometimes that may have an adverse effect, but, but this morning, as I'm ironing my clothes, I heard the Lord had this thought, and that's the way the Lord speaks to me many times, and many times it catches me off guard. And as I'm ironing my clothes, getting ready, and yeah, I did iron this shirt, okay? It was iron. And I heard the Lord say, there are millionaires that will be coming to move church. Now, that it's not about money. You understand that. We don't give people elevated positions. We're not looking for that. But the, God does want to fund his kingdom. So there's need. There's more need right now in Louisiana than, than we can give for, right? But so God uses people. So don't get hung up on, I, I didn't get hung up on it. Because this is what I asked the Lord to do. Lord, just don't let them be religious millionaires. I would rather not let them be sinning millionaires. There will be some folks that can find Christ and allow God to move them, okay? Uh, move through them, rather. <laughs> move them and move through, right? And um, so, so, man, there's opposition when it comes to God's move. And uh, we, thankfully, I'm so proud of you, Move Church. There are not, there are not people here that start trouble uh, to divide the house. Thank you for that. There are people here who really have a desire for God to move. But with a move, there, we understand there will be some opposition. A revival come, becomes the front line of spiritual warfare as people are set free from demonic influence. Revival becomes the front line of spiritual warfare. I remember one time being at Brownsville. and Brownsville, they had to... Um, change their name tags regularly for people praying the prayer team because uh, witches and warlocks would duplicate that name tag and try to come and pray over people. Isn't that something? So they had to color code the name tags for different times so they could recognize. Satan doesn't like to lose territory. 
He doesn't like to lose territory in your life. Have you ever noticed the more you try to move closer to God, the more opposition, the troubles may come your way? Old influences will show back up at your front door. Old desires and passions that you haven't felt in a long time will try to come back around again. That's all of us. And that comes from your desire to be closer to God. Satan doesn't like to lose a square inch. But he's lost already in Jesus' name. Amen? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It doesn't say it won't be formed. It just said it won't prosper. So there's, there's opposition. Satan doesn't like to lose ground, but we don't fear. We don't let that stop us. It doesn't keep us from going closer and closer to God to receive all that God has. But don't be surprised if the devil doesn't try to send you something to divert your attention and passion. So pick up on the story, Acts 12. says the night before Herod was to bring Peter, bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. That brother was on lockdown. Uh, he, he, was, he was bound. No earthly way for him to be delivered. But verse 7 says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Number three, when God moves, the supernatural will be experienced. See, some of us in the body of Christ need a supernatural visitation where God kicks us in the side and wakes us up spiritually. Now, ain't nobody here today. They're all at home, right? But we need to have our spirit man awakened to what God wants to do in our lives. And in a move of God, our, our spiritual senses are enlightened. We begin to see things that we didn't see before. We begin to understand things. We begin to have discernment where we didn't have it before. Isn't it wonderful? Man, when God speaks to you and you know it's him. Verse 7 says, the angel said, quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off, should be off, Peter's wrist. And number four, where God moves, the bound will be set free. People that would say, that, would, that have tried uh, and um, tried to do their, overcome this, and, and um, it just seems like they fail every time. When, when God begins to move, those folks can be completely set free free and i believe today god wants to set us free this is we're talking about it corporately as a church but this applies to us individually also that god wants to move in your life to set you free from anything that is holding you back any stronghold the definition of a stronghold is something that has a strong hold on you anything that has a stronghold on you god can set you free from that that's you today. The scripture promises us. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Hear me. The old has gone. The new is here. That comes with being a child of God. 
Satan don't want you to believe that. Satan don't want you to receive that either. He doesn't want you to know that the new has come and the old has gone. He wants you to believe that the old is still there. And you are set free. As soon as you become a child of God, the Spirit of God moves in you, begins to do that work to set you free in the name of Jesus. John 8, 36 so it said, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But I, I, corporately as this move of God, I can just envision it that Folks pulling up on the parking lot of, of this house, of this church, if they can find a parking lot, right, James? We're going to be working on that parking space. But as they pull up, they begin to sense something in their spirit different, a shifting happening already. You know, and then they come in and they're greeted at the door, and then they come into powerful worship, and then God begins to move. I can see them being set free ever before there's an altar call to be prayed for, for deliverance. Can't you? Man, that's my desire. So the bound will be set free, and, and sometimes that is those religious things that we need to be free from. And the picking back up on that story, Acts 12, 8 says this, Then the angel said to him, Put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so, wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. So this is symbolic of um, our spiritual clothes, putting on our spiritual clothes, our identity and authority in Christ. So when God moves, there will be a focus on discipleship. A focus on discipleship. Jesus tells us, that, therefore go and make disciples Matthew 8 19 make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age the church of God has gotten away from the great mission of making disciples it takes disciples to make disciples we have to be disciples in order to make disciples. So we have to know who we are in Christ and walk in our spiritual authority. And when this move of God, I believe, that is, that is coming in these last days, there's going to be a renewed focus on becoming a disciple and discipling others. I'm so thankful for these great folks going through the lead master class. And I'm telling you, we have about 15 that are sticking with it. And y'all, would you give them a big round of applause? They graduate, they graduate in just a couple of months, less than a couple of months. And this is, they've been listening to me now for about six months. And, um, but let me tell you, and I'll tell all of them this on the next class, um, what I see they, they have been given the material, and, and we have to apply it. They've heard that. I see them leading their own spiritual growth class with friends and families themselves. I see that. I see them, their disciples, I see them making disciples of others, of the, the, of the others that may not never come to this church, but they're meeting and they're teaching uh, these principles their spiritual identity and authority to others. 
and I'm just so proud of them. So Acts 12, going back to the story, it says, Peter knocked, I love this. Peter, let me, let me tell you, Peter gets out of jail. He, the angel comes, wakes Peter up, and the chains fall off. And Peter just walks past everybody. Now, if I was preaching this in prison, uh, it would be shouts. They would be so excited. And they walk up to a gate, and the gate opens. Come on, man. And they walk on out, and Peter actually thinks he's having a vision. I, I would too, right? But it, the Bible says he comes to his senses uh, outside the prison. He realized this just happened. And man, this is what I believe God wants to do in this day and time. That God wants to do some stuff for us that we think this has got to be a dream. There's no way this could have happened. And verse 14, it says, Oh, when Peter gets up, let me get you to where this is. Peter went to the praying church that was meeting in the house. And it said, Peter knocked at the outer entrance. And a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door, verse 14. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Peter is an escaped convict. He needs a place to hide. He comes to the church that's praying for his deliverance. Knocks on the door, opens it, and he gets the door slammed in his face. <laughs> Rhoda goes, tells everybody, hey, Peter is at the door. Now, they're still praying for Peter. Deliver him, Lord Jesus. Set him out. Set him free. And then he shows up at the door, and, and she slams the door. Verse 15, she goes, tells him, you're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. So the miracle that they are praying for, they're not ready to receive. Verse 16, but Peter kept on knocking. Man, I'm throwing the Holy Ghost on this one. Because I think that miracle is still knocking. I think... I think that miracle is still knocking on your door. Just don't give up believing in the Lord. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Number six, when God moves, miracles will happen. Miracles will happen. Miracles that will go beyond our explanation, go beyond our, our reasoning, Miracles. How many need a miracle today? I mean, you need a miracle. If you put your hands down. How many of you say, I need a miracle and I believe God can give me that miracle? Would you raise your hand? I believe it too. Many times we pray in faith, but we struggle with receiving in faith. We pray in faith, but we struggle with receiving in faith. We do a good job getting it to the Lord, but if it doesn't look just like what we think it should, or it doesn't come just in the time we think it should, we don't receive what God wants to do, that very miracle that we prayed for. And if your miracle is altered or delayed in any way, hear me, it's the best miracle. It is just what God has for you. 
that word that God gave me, we're even thinking about this message, that word that God gave me for quite a few of you raised your hands, that, that stone that's still there that hasn't moved and you think it hasn't happened, but you don't realize that that, that water of God's presence has washed all of the edges off and it's a greater velocity now that is washing over that stone so that stone is a blessing, not something you need to be removed. So sometimes the things that we pray for, it shows up in a different way. It shows up at a different time. And if, there's a, 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 if it's altered in any way from what you're praying for or delayed, it's the best miracle. God is not withholding it from us to punish us. God is not trying to, trying to get even with you. He wants to give you the things that you need. If men who are evil know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more does your Father in heaven? Jesus said in himself, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. This is where I struggle many times. I fail to get pregnant with my miracle. I fail to already have it inside of me. And the devil can talk me out of what God has already done, what God has already planted. It's just a receiving that, that we have to wait on sometimes. But in that wait, God's doing miracles itself. Three qualities, y'all, that attract God's presence. So let's bring it personal home, personally home to us. Let's, let's, let's ask God to move in, in us individually. We're asking every Wednesday night we pray here. Uh, first Sunday is a service. There's a, there's a prayer time. First, first, thank you, first Wednesday. And then the other Wednesday nights we pray from 6 to 7. We'd love for you to come. We're praying for a move of God corporately. But we also want a move of God individually, right? We don't want God to move in our house, in our church, without, it be, without us being a part of it. So let's, let's make it personal. Three qualities that attract God's presence. Number one is purity. Purity. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. My, I was thinking, when I was thinking about this point, I was thinking about my, I'm going to make my sister cry, I know, but I was thinking about my precious mom, my precious mom who was about four foot four, and she, um, she I didn't hear, never heard her growing up quoting a lot of scripture. I mean, I cannot recall one scripture she quoted. I don't remember her being in church, being very loud with her worship. She may, would raise her little cricket fingers in worship, but very reserved, very quiet. But can I tell you this? She had a touch of God on her life. She prayed me out of the bars. When she prayed, a visitation came to the bar where I was at. She knew how to touch God. And I think this is the main reason she had a pure heart before the Lord. The Bible says, who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? 
who may stand in his holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Purity attracts God's presence. Not perfection, purity. None of us are perfect. We all need to repent. That's a sign of spiritual growth. But our heart's desire must be, God, I want to be right before you. God, I want my heart, uh, uh, in my life, my heart is to please you above everything else. If you say no, but everybody else can, I will go with the no every time. I want to please you. I want to do what's right in your eyes. And that kind of person, that desire to have a pure heart before the Lord, attracts God's presence. Second Chronicles says this, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Fully committed to his ways, God is looking for. It's like, I'm going to, yeah, I'll help that person. I'll be there for them. I just want to give them a little something today to strengthen them. That desire to be pure before the Lord attracts God's presence. Number two, is spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger. We understand physical hunger, at least some of us. <laughs> I haven't been hungry since 1984. I eat so I don't get hungry. Huh? Anybody else out there? No, I have. I have to create physical hunger. And we, we must eat for spiritual, I mean, for physical health. But spiritual hunger we must experience spiritual hunger for our physical health. When you're spiritually hungry, you don't mind a drive to a place where you can get fed. You don't mind if you have to wait just a little bit longer for the meal, right? You don't have to, you don't, have to, you don't count the cost as much. You know, when I go to a, a restaurant, if it's good enough, I'll wait for Doe's in Greenville. Anybody ever been to Doe's Eat Place in Greenville? I will make a special drive there, and I will eat in a kitchen that should be condemned, and I'll pay more than I should for a steak because it's worth it. And spiritual hunger gets your mind off of the cost, the time. It is what you desire, and you'll make the effort for it. Now, with spiritual hunger, the thing that's different from physical hunger, spiritual hunger comes by the Holy Spirit. And he wants to give you that, but you have to pray for him to increase that in your life. And I do all the time. God, give me a greater spiritual hunger for you, for God's presence. And when you do that, he will give that to you. That's what he does. Uh, look at the psalmist. He said, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. Man, God, I just want to be in your presence. Uh, you know, and the thing about being in God's presence, when you're there, you know this is where I'm supposed to be, and I can't wait to come again. And God's presence is always with us. I've got to do a little teaching break here. God's presence is always with you as a child of God. But I'm talking about his manifest presence. Manifest is something that's evident. Okay, this is evident. God is here right now moving in my life. 
So his manifest presence comes and goes. And it's wonderful when he moves on you in such a way that you know God is here. I'm so thankful that we have his presence every Sunday moving in this place. We all bring him with us. As Christians, we bring him in the doors. But during worship, man, I try to make a Sunday, Drew, where I don't have to come up on stage. Sometimes it's like, I'm just going to worship myself. And then God's manifest presence begins to move in such a way that he wants to speak to somebody directly. Isn't he an awesome God? Let me give you this last one. If you'll stand up, that'll make me want to wrap it up. The third quality that attracts God's presence, that makes us a magnet for God's presence, is expectancy. Expectancy. I won't ask for responses because it would hurt my feelings for some. What were you expecting when you came here today? Was it Okay, I got to go serve. I don't think there's nobody like that. I got to go because that preacher's going to be calling me next week, and what am I going to tell him? I get some, I get, you know, let me say this. When I call you, I really, just to check up on you, you don't even have to give me a reason. I tell folks sometimes, you don't even have to give me a reason why you went there. I just want to check up on you. Because I don't want you trying to come up with something out of the air. <laughs> what are you expecting today? Were you expecting God's presence when you came in to speak? To speak to you. To move in your life. God's spirit, when he begins to move, in, 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 I'm talking about in this way that I know it's coming. There will be such an expectancy that when we get out of our car, we will wonder, what is he going to do today? Who is going to get saved? Who is going to get healed? Is my friend coming that he is, a, he, he is so bound up? Is, he, is God's going to do it today? There's going to be a greater expectancy. I, I, I want us, though, that really want to move of God to go ahead and start it now. Can we just begin to understand that the scripture says where two or more are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst of them? That, that right now, the very presence of God is here. And I believe he's walking up and down every pew every row just looking for someone that he's going to move in who's hungry who needs to be set free who today just needs to know that i love them and i believe that's his desire he wants to move on his people and i don't want to be one that doesn't even sense him when he walks by i want to be like the little lady that needed a healing that jesus she couldn't get to him she made a way. I'm going to touch him. He can't get past me. I want to be like blind Bartimaeus. They told him to be quiet, but he needed something, and he knew his answer, who his answer was. 
I want to be, well, he, the Bible says he screamed all the louder, Jesus! I want, like, like blind Bartimaeus, it says Jesus stopped and turned his way. And man, I want that kind of expectancy that God says, even if I wanted to walk past him, I can't. He is tugging on my cloak. Expectancy. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me, find me. I've shared this, I know before. One of the things I'll never forget. It's ingrained in my spiritual remembrance. Weird way to say it, but may not make sense to you, it does to me. But being at church at 5.30 in the morning, waiting in a line to get in for that night service. That don't make no sense, does it? We may do it for a football game or for a sale at JCPenney. But for Jesus and waiting in that line and really experiencing a wave of the Holy Ghost going up and down that line. And people are worshiping. People were just celebrating God. That was so amazing to me. Wonderful. I came home. I was a youth pastor for Pastor Rob at that time. And I said, Pastor Rob, can we lock the doors on Sunday morning? <laughs> he said, what? I said, yeah, I was just, man, I, wanted, I, want, I want people to experience expectancy. And, and if we lock the doors, let's just line them up outside. And let's just tell them that you expect when you go in the doors of that church. And being the awesome pastor that he is, he allowed me to do that. Now, I don't know if it made a difference in the service that morning. I can't remember that far back. But the lesson was true. What would happen if we just expected God so much that we just stood there waiting, preparing our hearts, and we knew when the doors open that God was going to do something amazing. At Brownsville, they had a security guard. If you've been there, you know what, you know who he is. He stood at the front and he would say, single file line, folks. Walk. Don't run. And he would say it over and over again because when they opened the doors of the church, you had to be in within a few seconds to get a seat in the main sanctuary. People ran in the doors of the church. That's a move of God. Now move church, are we ready? Are you ready to give up your seat? For someone that needs Jesus? Somebody that's bound? Are you ready to be inconvenienced with people that don't look like you? Are you ready to say a little bit later to get to the buffet line. Do we want that kind of move? I said, yes, Lord Jesus, come. That's what I want. I think you do too. Would you bow your head just for a moment? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray an expectancy would come on your people and myself. Please don't let me come to the doors of this church to think it's just another Sunday, it's just another day. 
where there's miracles already happening. There are people already being saved here and set free. But Lord, there's so many more. Where are we going to put the people that you're going to send? many people, Lord God, that need a touch of your presence. You are the only answer, Jesus. You are the only answer. Lord, you are. It can't be programmed. It's not about a curriculum. Those things are good, but you, we gotta get them. You, Lord God. They need you so much. I want everybody to think just for a moment. We're going to pray. But I want everybody to think just for a moment of how your life was without Christ, before Christ. Think about what you were at, the answer you needed, what, what you needed, the situation you were in. I want you to think about your most desperate moment where you were at the bottom. You knew you were there. I want you to think about that. And I want you just for a moment, go back there and look at what God has done in your life. And ain't it unfair to know there's other people that need to experience the same God. It's unfair for us to keep him to ourselves. Jesus, use us. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Would you bow your head just for a moment? You have sin in your life today. The Lord wants to touch you. He wants to, he wants to forgive you today. He wants to fill you up today. He wants to do all of these things in your life today. Will you let him? Let's pray at church together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins I'm a sinner I need a savior would you forgive me for all my sins would you come into my heart would you change my life and I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer I'm going to ask you to do something I normally don't do but I want to pray with you I want you to step out of your seat and just come right up front. Stay standing if you would. You prayed that prayer. I feel like there's a few of us. Don't let Satan stop you from coming up front. I just want to pray with you. If you need a miracle, if that was your prayer, I want you to stand on this side, okay? If you need a miracle, I want you to stand on this side. I just need a miracle today, Pastor. I need it today. I want you to stand on this side. If you had sin in your life today and you asked the Lord to forgive you, I want you to stand. You may need a miracle too, but I want you to stand over here first, okay? I want you to stand over here first. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Okay, man, let's celebrate them. Come on, man. Let's celebrate these that gave their life to Christ. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. 